This episode of the Ministry of Misfits podcast and this awesome shirt are brought to you by a Courageous Clothing Company. Courageous Clothing Company is a Christian family-owned business that specializes in custom designs that they create as well as bulk screen printing of your custom designs as well. When you buy from Courageous Clothing Company, you're not just buying an awesome shirt. You also are helping spread the gospel across the world through the missions that they support, such as this here with Ministry Misfits, as well as with their own designs that have Christian-themed messages sharing the gospel in an awesome and relevant way, or as we say within CSRM and Ministry Misfits, strategically relevant evangelism. Check out their entire line at CourageousClothingCompany.com. The following was recorded during the COVID-19 pandemic through Zoom meetings in accordance with local health guidelines. I grew up in a small church and heard all these prayers and things being said where God answers things in a way that you can not expect or imagine. And what happened was, is that I was looking for a day off school and, and I was praying because I had this project to God, can you give me the day off school? And I learned how to pray in my Baptist class in the Sunday school. And so that morning, I pray, that evening, I prayed, God, please help me not have to take this class tomorrow. Let me get the day off school. And when I woke up, I remember waking up and I looked at my clock and it was nine o'clock and school started at 8 a.m. And I was so excited. But then just a few moments later, my mom walked into my bedroom. She was crying. She'd sat next to my bed and she said, Johnny, we lost your dad last night. And I remember being so crushed. And instead of having a day off school, I had more than a week to mourn the loss of my father. And I thought that my prayers had done that, that I had been praying for a day off school and God does more than you could ever ask or think. So instead of a day, he gave me a week. And I said, if this is the kind of God, the way that he answers prayers, this is not a God that I want to follow. And so I decided to walk away from the church and just walk away from my relationship with Jesus. And so for the next 20 something years, I lived a life where I was doing my own thing, my own will, my own desires, and I was finding myself in a place I didn't want to be. Uh, at 20 years old, I had a started doing a problem gambling addiction, which allowed me to see uh, the sin issues in my own heart become to manifest in a real way where I became depressed and suicidal and I lost more than half a million dollars over the course of a 10 year gambling addiction. And at the end of that rope, when I was finally like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get myself fixed. I went into a rehab facility on my own power for the first time in my own life. And after 90 days clean, the desire to gamble had never left me. And instead, I still had this inkling to wanna go and gamble. But when I was in one of my sessions, one of my counselors said to me, John, you'll never get fixed. And I was like, well, I'm in rehab. This is supposed to fix me. And if I'm not fixed, why am I here? And so I went on this bender. I left the meeting and I was just, I lost all the money that I had. I'd done that many times before, but the only difference this time around was that only 90 days earlier, I had finally decided I was going to get my life back on track that I wasn't, you know, when I was a little kid, I had all these aspirations for myself. I wanted to be a rock star and I wanted to be a pro wrestler. And none of the things that I wanted to do when I was a little kid, those dreams that you have had come true. And this realization that my life was this addiction and that for 10 years I just squandered the time that I had been given on this earth was such a revelation for me that I was just like well if I can't get fixed and I can't fix my life I'm just going to end it and in that moment I decided to cry out to God for the first time in my adult life and I sat on the edge of my bed 
And I, you know, it was in tears and I was having thoughts of either running my car into a wall or jumping off a bridge like one of my friends had done just a few months earlier and he had killed himself because he had the same issues that I was dealing with. And I looked up to the sky and said, God, if you're real, I need you to show me a future and a hope for my life because I just don't have one anymore. And I heard the words, the kingdom of heaven is upon you, begin to replay in my head over and over and over again. And I began to think that I was losing my mind after years of addiction. I thought that my depression had me hearing voices. So I ran into the living room of my little tiny apartment that I was in. I was so isolated and alone. And I felt compelled to open up a Bible that I own. Now, I didn't have a Bible because I loved God. I had a Bible because it was given to me as an artifact of my father after he passed away. And it's the only thing that I had of his. And I open up this Bible that I had never opened before, and I don't know what to read or where to go. So I just start in the very beginning of the New Testament, where I know Jesus is. And I read about a couple paragraphs down. It says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is upon you. <laughs> That's what I had just been hearing. And I was like, oh my gosh, God is real. He's talking to me. And I read the Bible, uh, the book of Matthew specifically that night, about two or three times. And I was like, wait a second, the words that everybody said are for old people and it's just a list of rules and the Bible is not for people today and it's just all these things that you shouldn't do to read them. These words were jumping off the page and into my heart and in that moment I just cried out to God, to God, you know, I've messed up, I've done all these, my whole life's been wrong, I don't want to live like this anymore, I need you to come and help me. And in that moment, I felt the weight, the pressure of life just slipped off of my shoulders. And I knew that my life was going to turn around. And boy, did it ever in the, for the course of the next seven, eight, nine years. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ministry Misfits podcast. I am Andrew Fouts, your host. And today I have with me John Simmons from Testimony House. You guys may actually be familiar with him. I was on his show a few weeks ago. Um, we, we shared it through our network as well. But John is with me today. We have flipped roles a little bit to yeah. talk about what exactly it is he does why it's important and how it can help you in your ministry as well. So John, welcome to Ministry Misfits. Glad to connect with you again. Really excited to talk to you today. Yeah. So Testimony House, this is your, uh, I don't know if it's a production company, if it's a brand, whatever you want to call it, but Testimony House is what you guys do. And you guys do a lot of video and audio work, just sharing people's testimonies. Give us a little bit of background. How did all of this you know, come about? What, what's the story with Testimony House? So Testimony House is a, a nonprofit Christian ministry. It got started back in 2013. It was the summation of me praying to find God's will for my life. So after I got born again in 2012, the very first church service that I ever went to, because uh, I was one of those guys when I got saved, I was like, all I need is my Bible and I don't need church. You know, Andrew, you've heard of some of these guys, right? And yeah. so that was me. And so finally somebody dragged me to church and I was just, I was not really having it. Right. But I'd been listening to sermons and, and listening to Christian music in my car by myself, but being around other people doing it wasn't really my deal. And so I went into this big non-denominational church and everybody's got their hands up in the air singing. And, and I was so uncomfortable. The words are on the screen for these songs. And I was just, I felt very out of place. Right. But I wanted to be at church because I had this new relationship with God and I wanted to find what he had for me. Right. But I did have my fingers dug into the pew in front of me while everybody was singing. I was like, I'm not singing. I don't know what none of these songs are, you know. And so uh, but I, I was excited to hear the word. And that's the point of how we get to Testimony House is that that very first sermon that I heard is a, is a, a born again believer in a real life church was 
uh, was a sermon on vision and the pastor basically came out and his summation was if you're a Christian, God has a plan for your life and you need to pray and ask for it. And I was like, he has a plan for me, like me, like I was a, a gambling addict. I had no plan, no structure, no idea that like there was a course that I needed to be set out on, you know? And so this was revelation knowledge for me. And so I, I started praying, God, show me your plan for my life. And until that moment, Andrew, the only thing I had ever prayed for was over food, you know, thanks God for this food. And so now my, now I have two prayers in life. I pray for food and I pray, God, show me what your plan is for my life. And so six months later, uh, through spiritual revelation, God showed me that I was going to start a ministry called testimony house. He said it was going to be a Christian learning center. Now these are not plans that I had for myself. In fact, when God told me I was going to start a ministry, I remember thinking, well, the only ministry that I've ever heard of is the parking lot ministry at church where, you know, you wave to the people when they're driving in. And, and, and so I was like, I don't know why he wants me to start something where I just wave at people on the road or whatever. So like when you know, God's hearing from you is when you don't have no idea what he's talking about sometimes. So encourage some people in that area. So God had told me I was going to start this ministry. Now, this is again, not anything that I would have picked for myself, but God said, this is what you're going to go do. And I was just like, I was so full of faith in that moment that God was talking to me. I was like, well, let's go after it. Right. And so uh, we started this ministry testimony house. You know, I had sort of a download of what it looked like in broad, uh, in broad terms, but we hadn't actually begun walking out anything in sort of practical steps yet, but that's the origin of the ministry. Yeah. And so that's a, you bring up a, a couple of things that, you know, we can start breaking down. You know, one of those things that is interesting is the fact that, you know, the, the whole title of our, our show is, you know, ministry misfits. And, you know, part of the reason we we've titled that way is that, you know, we're, we're hearing a lot of people that are saying they do not, they feel out of place within the church setting. Um, you know, that's why within the CSRM framework, we were big on the sports ministry as the yeah. thing to break the, down the disconnects, you know, um, you know, things like what Jamie Balkum is doing with the, the barbecuing and the hunting as a way to break it down, all these different things. But even as you were sitting there feeling out of place, the thing that actually drew you in was hearing, hearing the message, hearing the word. It wasn't necessarily the worship service was all stuff. You know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, being strategically relevant using our fourfold rubric. And that that's part of why we talk about doing that is because it, you know, typically the worship is the part that everybody wants to talk about later, but it's not always going to be attractive to people and especially to new sure. believers. And sometimes, you know, some, sometimes certain churches, the worship service can be a little scary, you know, it, yeah. you know, people, people singing, shouting, dancing, all this other stuff. But the thing that drew you in and really you attached to was actually hearing the message coming, coming from the scriptures and coming from the pastor at the time. So you, you go and you're now saying, okay, now I need to figure out what this prayer thing is because mm -hmm. I've apparently been doing it wrong if, you know, and you're, you're trying to figure all this out and God just says, guess what? You're going to be doing this. Yep. I know you kind of were saying you didn't really know what it looked like, but how, what, what kind of feeling did that give you the idea of God's choosing me for something? Well, that's a great question. And so when I talk about 
when we talk about it today in the ministry, it, we sort of summed it up as that God's got a sentence for your life. And what that means is that, you know, in Hebrews 11, we see that, you know, by faith, Noah built a boat and by faith, Abraham left his father and went on to a land and by faith, so-and-so did this. And by faith, everybody did that. So we, that's the hall of faith, right? So a sentence for everybody to sort of sum up their life and what God had them to do. And so we want people to chase that sentence for their own life. And, you know, but in the early days, when I was first hearing from God, and you're talking about the feeling and the sensation of like, he's got something for me. This was the first time that I felt important as an adult, because entirely, uh, when I was in my addiction for 10 years, I never felt important and felt, in fact, I felt very little, you know, most of the time when I would talk to people or had to deal with the results of my addiction, I would hear things like, why don't you just stop? Why don't you just quit doing Mm -hmm. the life the way you're doing it? You're just a loser and quit it. And you're just ruining your, like, so I had all these declarations over my life. And so I felt very insignificant. And so one of the reasons that God really spoke to me early on in my relationship with him, with him was that when I was reading my Bible, the first night I got saved, is that he died for me. And like, that was like, if he's willing to die for me, well, I'm willing to live for him, you know? And so the, the importance that I felt when he called me out to start testimony house, it was the most valuable thing that I could have gotten because it gave me a purpose in life that I'd never had before. One that I didn't even realize I needed. And so the importance of that drew me away from the old sin issues in my life. It helped me walk away from a gambling addiction because I didn't, I didn't stop gambling when I got born again. It, it took uh, a sanctification and these are big churchy words, right? But I didn't know them at the time, but I was trying to just walk out this conversation with God on a daily basis. God, what do you have for me? What do you have for me? So when he showed up and said, John, when you're going to start testimony house, it was the most important moment of my life because it allowed all my baggage to start falling away from my old life and started me in the new direction of the new life that God had for me. And that, that really is why, you know, I wanted you to come on is the, the stuff you just broke down, you know, most of my listeners know if they're listening to this, that theology is going to be a main topic because, you know, part of what we're wanting to do is what you're just talking about as far as taking these big theological truths that are complicated and hard to understand and breaking them down so we can actually understand how they apply, how they affect our thinking, how they affect our methodology, you know, all of that different stuff. And part of what you just talked about is why, you know, we, we believe that testimony is so important. You know, you had no idea what you were doing or why you were doing it or why God would ever say anything to you. And, you know, this is the thing that we see most of the time when talking to people that have struggled with addiction, um, regardless of what the addiction is, is that most of it is wrapped up in, in an issue of identity. Yeah. You know, we, we, I, I need to feel something about myself. And so I go to the track or I go to the bottle or I go, you know, whatever it is. This is part of why when you talk to, you know, when you look at the 12 step programs, the first, the first step is identifying who you are by that problem. Because until you do that, this, this is actually a biblical construct, even though we, you know, the 12 step program is going to say it's not you're identifying right away that my God has been this. Yeah. But you don't Very necessarily true, know you're doing it. You get, but that that's theologically what's going on. And until you actually identify that idol, you can't start breaking it down. But the thing that is so powerful about testimony is that sometimes you can hear somebody else identify it for you. 
and hear how God is able to take them out of one situation and put them into another. And that's what we're going to, to talk about for the rest of this episode. But we've got to take a quick break, and then I'll be right back with John Simmons. Life is too short to live it feeling stuck in a rut. Does your outlook on future possibilities have you asking, is this all there is? Maybe you feel that no matter what you do, your career does not seem to make any significant progress or impact. Maybe your family feels more distant from you than ever. The, the truth is, there is so much more for your life, and you are not alone. Beyond the Rut podcast brings you stories of inspiration and practical tips to help you get unstuck in the areas of faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility. From those who have journeyed those paths before you. Head over to beyondtherut.com where you'll find episodes to the show, links to where we are syndicated like on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and download our free resource titled Measure It to Make It, where you can create the roadmap for the life you've always dreamed of living beyond the rut. Hi, this is the Ministry Misfit, Andrew Fouts. I'm also the Director of Digital Resources for CSRM and the producer of Overwhelming Victory Productions. And today we want to talk a little bit about Anchor FM. Part of our job here at Overwhelming Victory Radio is to provide ministries with easy and affordable ways to create their own media content. And one of these ways is Anchor FM. Anchor is a free one-stop studio with tools to allow you to create a custom podcast experience. They do everything from creation tools, distribution tools, and even marketing tools with ads such as this. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Your message matters, my friend. And as a believer in the marketplace, your God-given uniqueness is a huge business asset. Like the Flamingo, you need to learn to ignore the naysayers, rise above the noise, dream bigger, and embrace the bold color and giftings you've been given. I'm Katie Horner, missionary advocate, international business owner, best-selling author, and Christian business strategy coach. And it's my great pleasure to bring you the For Your Success podcast over to your favorite podcast app every week. I'll be showing you how to design a business you love, one that honors God while it grows your income and legacy impact. Join me for short, thought-provoking episodes and register for our next free Kingdom Business class at foryoursuccesspodcast.com. All right, welcome back. We are still here with John Simmons of Testimony House, and he shared with us right before the break how Testimony House kind of got started out of, you know, it's a similar similar calling experience to what I shared with you on your show of God saying you're going to do something and you have no idea what that is or why. Um, but it's an important piece because this really is kind of the driving force even behind what you're doing as a ministry is allowing people to share about these times in their life that they had no idea what they were doing, but then you see what God has done with it. So what, yep. what is it about a testimony that, you know, was the main attractor for you as far as when you decided what kind of programming you guys were going to be putting out? Sure. So for me, it starts with my own story. Uh, you know, I have a great story of God doing something amazing because I haven't done anything. You know, the life that I have now with my family and my ministry and anything that I'm doing for the church or for the world in general, 
isn't because I chose to do it. Like I chose to be a problem gambler. Like those are my choices, you know? And so when God showed up and he's like, do this other thing and allowed the blessings to come that gives him all the glory. So he hasn't done anything like that. So it starts with like, okay, so when we start the ministry, my, my testimony was the only one that I had. It was the only thing that I had to share. So I just shared mine wherever we could go, you know, and as I begin to get more involved in God's word and meet more other Christians and, and bring people on board of the ministry in different you know, stages of our growth, I learned that, you know, it's very important for us to continue to share the testimony, mainly because the word tells us to, you know, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. When you hear God sort of measuring <laughs> the blood of Jesus next to something, and it's maybe you should take some, you know, some stock of Probably what that other thing is. Probably worth looking into, yeah. <laughs> Exactly right. So if we overcome by that, and you've, and you've already touched on it a little bit, you know, what God can do in me, God can do for you, right? So we tell stories to let other people know that God can heal us today. God can, you know, deliver us today. God can show us a revelation today and all these things. As long as we continue to share these things, these are very important aspects for God to be able to move in the body of Christ and the world in general. And that's part of why, you know, I, I, my, out of the gospels, my favorite is John. And the reason for that is because John is completely different than the other Gospels and even taking out all the, you know, seminary reasons that are based signs to why John is so much different than the others. The big thing that I always see within John is John never actually shares his own story. He's always taking the stories of things that he was there and experienced, but he's telling it through the eyes of the person that Jesus was individually focused in on. You know, the woman at the well was all from her perspective. Even, you know, the wedding at Cana was all from Mary's perspective. Even when he gets to the foot of the cross, the perspective that he, you know, he doesn't necessarily focus on him as an individual that's there. He focuses on the world around him, you know, with the temple and the rocks and everything else. You know, the, the few times we actually do hear from John directly is when he's embarrassed about the fact that he was afraid to go in, but he has to make sure that we know he was the faster of the two disciples. That's right. And, and then, he's the one John. Yeah. Jesus you know, loves. he's like, I got there first, even though I was too scared to go in, I still got there first. And then in addition to that, you see, you know, we hear, we watch him process the story as far as how he relates to Judas. But other than that, we, we don't we don't hear John's story because he wants us to hear the stories of everybody else. Right. And, you know, there's so much power behind that, because when we actually, you know, it's one thing to read on the pages of, oh, God loves me. OK, that's all fine and dandy. But it's another thing to hear people actually be able to say, you know, you know how I know God loves me. This is how I know God loves me. Um, we see this even in Timothy when Paul tells him to, you know, you know where you came from. You know the stories of your grandmother. You know the stories of your mother. The, you know, the the spoken word testimony of what God has done could be the difference between somebody actually coming to faith and somebody just leaving it behind. Oh. Um Obviously, and everybody that knows what we're about here within Ministry Misfits, we're not saying replace your scripture with with personal testimony, but if you aren't allowing personal testimony to be a part of your worship services, you're missing a huge outreach opportunity and a huge just encouragement in general. But that's a whole nother side note. Um, 
but what, what I want to get into a little bit, because, you know, you have a story that is one of, you know, you were in addiction and darkness and everything like that. And then you were brought out. What do you say to the people? Because, you know, we unfortunately there's this misconception that you have to have that kind of story to be effective. Um, <laughs> but you have heard numerous. I don't know how many episodes you guys are on now. How many episodes have you guys released? Well, of, of this show that we're on now, we've done 37, but over the last eight years, we've done hundreds of these types yeah. of things. So you, you've heard hundreds of testimonies. Give, give us some insight. What is it that actually is necessary for a quote unquote good testimony? Because at least in my ministry experience, what I've, what I've seen is that the, the testimonies that were the most impactful we're not the ones that would make good movies. So give us, give us a little bit of insight. What, what is it about testimonies that makes us either afraid to share or that makes them, you know, what, what is it about testimonies that is so tricky? Yeah. Uh, another good question, because this is something I run into all the time when I'm trying to track down people to share their stories that, well, John, I don't have a big story like you. And I, I have to say these things all the time your story is important because someone's walked a life like you and someone is walking a life like you. And, and what we do is we get bogged down on like, well, it's not good enough. Well, any testimony that shows the love of God in someone's life has the potential to show the love of God to someone else. Right. So whether or not you were, you were born again at a young age and you've lived a life of Christ for 40 years. Well, great. Let's talk about how you raised up your kids in Christ. Let's talk about how you, you, got a career that was focused on serving the people of your community. Like there's things inside your story that can be pulled out. It's not just about like, what terrible thing did you do that now you don't do <laughs> like, that, like the sensationalism of our testimonies. I think we sometimes like, those are the clickbait titles, but really any testimony uh, that anybody has where God has changed their life in some way or impacted the lives of others. We can pull from all sorts of testimonies like that. Yeah. And that, that's something that, you know, it, it's kind of interesting when I've, I've talked with some people even that, you know, they do have these big impactful stories. And the, the thing they say is, I wish that I had your story of where you were raised in a Christian home and then you went to church and then one day in VBS, you said, okay. And then nothing really, you know, your life changed in terms of your direction and callings, but nothing really changed outside of that as far as your living experience. And it's something, something that is so, you know, it's a paradox almost where we think that we have to have this big flashy story or, you know, using the CSRM term, these platform proclamations that have to be big and grand. And, you know, like you say, click, you know, using, using our terms within the production, yeah. you know, clickbait titles, um, you, you know who you are, BuzzFeed. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we think we need that, but there's something different about the stories, even of people who didn't have this, you know, outrageous lifestyle that still at some point felt the need to say, I'm a sinner and I need saving. You know, there, it, it's a very weird dynamic that we've got within the church. And from, from talking with some of our brothers and sisters overseas, this is one where you do see it in, in certain parts, but, it's something about the Western culture that we think we need to have this big brand performance and story about it. So what is it that you have found with doing all of these testimonies 
what is it that actually does make up this good testimony? What is what are the pieces that are needed for for it to be a testimony? Well, it's just what has God done in your life? It's as simple as that. So for some people, the, the hole that you got pulled out of was a little bigger than the person next to you, but doesn't mean the result isn't more powerful. Like when you talk about the life of a, a woman who maybe got saved in VBS, as you described, you know, maybe she had four or five kids who were all raised in the church and have all found a passion or walking in some sort of mission or, you know, ministry type of, or just have a career that they're thriving in that they love to be in. Like the results of her story, you know, of what God did in her life initially isn't any <laughs> worse or better than mine. Those are just the two different paths we're on. So as far as, you know, what does a testimony take? It takes God doing something. And so, and that's why he gets the glory for all these testimonies. And, you know, you, you, you talked about, you want to wrap this up in, in sort of theology and you look at it, you know, from a, a biblical standpoint, I love the idea that the Ark of the Covenant was called the testimony and that they literally carried this thing around on their shoulders everywhere they went and it was sacred to them. And so when you think about us today, and being able to carry our own testimonies of what God has done in our lives uh, with us wherever we go, we can sort of gauge the importance of what it is. And so whether you have been brought out of something or you're doing something for the Lord, it's important for all of us to talk about what has God done in our lives. And that's the only thing we need to be talking about when in regards to testimonies, at least. Right. I mean, the, the two pieces you need are God and you. Uh, <laughs> But, and that's, exactly a, right. you know, it, it's kind of, cause you know, these are, these are simple questions we're asking and they have simple answers, but yet this is such a outrageously hard thing for us to ever talk about in our churches. And that's part of why, you know, again, we, we've got you on to do this, um, you know, and, and even this idea of, you know, you're carrying it with you, the Ark of the Covenant. One, one thing I love that you, you were just talking about that, you know, is, some um, Dr. Linville covers those of you that have gone through the Agone Institute know, you know, when he in the models of ministry class, when he starts looking at these different sports ministry heroes and everything like that, one of the big things he ends up on is the spiritual descendants of the person. You know, who is it that carried on the mission? Who is it that carried on the calling? Who did he disciple? You know, we use the phrase Timothy relationships, all of those different things. But we forget about sometimes, you know, the the importance of your story are just you being you, even as simple as it is, what kind of an impact you actually can have. You think about guys like, you know, the 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 disciples that we'd never hear about in scripture that did all these amazing things. You think about even um, I just lost his name, the the disciple that went to Paul and converted him. We He's, you know, he's no, not converted. That was discipled. Um, yeah. See, he's so, he's so minor. We can't even think of his name, but yet if he had not gone to Paul and while Paul was blind and prayed with him and given him the insight and let given him an idea of who this was that just appeared to him on the road, we wouldn't even have the new Testament, (laughs) the majority of the new Testament. We, we, we've got to get rid of this mindset of one story is higher than another, because the only story that really matters is the gospel story of, yeah. you know, God creates everything. We screw it up. God redeems everything. And now we get to be here to be part of that redeeming process. Yeah. And I, and that's one thing I want to go back to from your personal story 
was you focused or you talked a lot about the fact that, you know, when you got saved, the addiction did not necessarily stop and the desire did not necessarily stop. And that there was this process that you had to walk through, um, you know, the sanctification, justification, whatever, you know, depending on your denomination, whatever title you want to throw on that, um, you know, within CSRM, we call it the, you know, the disciple evangelist disciple making process. Give us a little bit of insight. How important is that part of your story when, you know, sharing with other people? Because it, it seems like that would be something that, well, that's after the actual conversion. So it really doesn't matter. But, you know, there's a, it, it, I would assume at least that there's probably a lot of people that actually identified more with that section of your story than, than they did even, you know, the beginning or the ending. Yeah. I think for me, you know, obviously my story might, you know, draw some eyes when I begin to tell it, but the best part of my story isn't what addiction I had or how much money I lost. The best part of my story is what God did in my life to transform me, you know? And so when we're talking about how I got sanctified or how I started to walk away from some of the addictions, it was that developing that relationship with Jesus. And that's all part of our testimony. You know, when I, I remember like when I first started praying for God to give me a vision for my life. And before I met testimony house and had that be a part of what I was doing, I was asking all my new friends at church and I got involved in some small groups and things like this. Well, what's God's plan for your life and what's God's plan for your life. And I'm asking everybody, right. Cause I think this is, I'm a new baby Christian. I just assume everybody's got one. I'm just finally learning that I do. And what I heard was, John, what are you talking about? What do you mean? God's plan for my life? Like I go to church, like that's what my plan, you know, like, and I was like, no, apparently he's got something like really specific. And Ephesians 2 10 says you're created to do something through Christ. That was you're gifted for to do it exactly. Like, and so I'm just like, what's yours? Cause I want to get encouraged by everybody's testimony about what they're doing for the Lord. And I found out that so many people aren't doing what, you know, God's called them to do. They're not writing God's sentence. And so for me, I was like, well, we got to tell testimonies of people who are walking in God's plan for their life, because that's going to encourage the rest of us who are just like, well, my story's not big enough. And he, like our testimony, isn't just what happened that got us saved. That's just the, the, this much of it, the vapor, you know, the best part of our testimony is the long part of our life after Christ shows up where he begins to transform us, change us. And we got to tell those stories as much as we tell the ones that bring people in the door and get our evangelistic tools to help people get born again, because the stories of real transformation come in the long sections of life where, you know, I'm walking the street, you know, three or four miles a day trying to lose weight. And I'm, you know, listening to radio podcasts and sermon messages about how to be a better husband and a better father. And then I'm starting to implement those things a minute at a time. Those testimonies can be just as powerful as the ones where you say, well, yeah, I hit rock bottom and God pulled me out of it. And that really is what, you know, the heart of what we, we talk about within evangelistic disciple making through CSRM and, and OV you know, we, we've got these five B's of the, you know, of evangelist disciple making, you know, the belonging and then belief is number two, but then there's three more after belief. And everybody's like, well, you're already believing. So, you know, isn't that the end of the process? But the reality is the belief is the start of the process because you've got to go through, you know, the spirit, the baptism of the spirit. And only then does your behavior start to change. And then eventually it changes to the point where you start through your testimony, through your stories, you start being able to actually become more and more of a disciple and eventually making other disciples and starting the process all over. And, you know, Dr. Linville has talked about multiple times. This is sometimes a five to seven year 
process just to get from step one of them feeling okay with being in a church setting to -hmm. then believing. And then it's an entire lifetime to go through steps three through five. And even sometimes when you get to step four and five, they keep flipping back and forth. But without people being willing to actually talk about the fact that this is what life is like and that they still struggle with things, you know, Paul talks about the fact that, you know, he prayed three times for God to remove whatever it was from him. And God just kept saying, no, you're going to keep dealing with it and you have to deal with it to keep you humble and to show other for you to be able to tell people what God's grace actually looks like, because without it, you don't get to tell people what God's grace looks like. You know, these are the kind of things that we we need to start addressing much more clearly and be much more excited about within our churches is this idea of sharing the stories of those people that have come before us that are there in our midst and that are coming after us as well, because the story doesn't stop until you're dead. And even then, sometimes it doesn't stop. (laughs) You know, we're all we, getting eternal lives, so that's right. Well, and I, I'm not, I'm even talking, you know, your story may be what impacts somebody to continue on, you know, on later on the discipleship process of you bringing more people out. The, the idea of sharing stories not only is it a good thing for encouragement, but it, it really is an essential piece of ministry because without it, you don't yep. even know what you have going on in, in your congregations. You know, if if John comes into my my congregation and all I know is that, hey, this guy runs a YouTube channel. I'm going to immediately like, oh, let's just throw him straight into doing all of our media stuff and everything else. And we completely miss, you know, the first however many years of your life where you you have this insight into people and into addiction and into the way that God changes and what people are missing and the story without us actually being one willing to share our own testimonies, but to the other side of this, and John, maybe you can speak to this is we've got to be ready to listen as well to people's stories and their testimonies. Is that something that you have dealt with, you know, whether through testimony house or even just in church settings where it it's sometimes hard to find an audience for, for certain people or certain types of testimonies and stories. Yeah, it is is one of our main hardships that we face here at the ministry. We just we say types we say these types of things all the time. Well, no one's watching. Like no one cares about these things because no matter how many different ways we've tried to present testimonies, we haven't found, you know, the way or whatever you want to call it to be able to like that reaches people. You know, even even like I am second, this huge ministry that does testimonial videos. They have thousands, hundreds of thousands of watch subscribers on YouTube and they'll put out a video that gets a thousand views. It's like people are just not seemingly interested in these types of stories, but we know from our own experiences, from our friendships in church, that when a story sticks with you, it sticks with you forever. And like, we're just going to continue to share these stories as long as we can. You know, it reminds me of the time when I was in this church and this woman uh, was baptizing another girl and she had been praying for this girl for seven years and never told her. And she had wrote her name on a brick in the church. And I mean, and she was telling her this story for the very first time as she was baptizing her saying that I've been praying for you for seven years. And this girl just wraps her arms around this woman and is just bawling. Like, I can't believe you've been doing that for me. Like this moment of feeling like for me, 
And this story has stuck with me for the last eight years. It's my favorite testimony. I write about it in my book, Finding Faith. And these testimonies really do have the power to change people's life and change our worldview. But for whatever reason, we're not able to present them in a way, at least visually or on media, where people are just everybody. And I mean, like a blanket, everybody is drawn to wanting to watch these. It seems like there's a very specific audience for these types of videos. And until God does something, you know, we just continue to keep making them because we don't know how to make them any different. Everybody's story is just, we just got to tell it, you know, we can't figure out how God's going to use them, but ultimately we're hoping that God, you know, puts us in a position where we can share the right story with the right person. And whether we have one view or 10 million views, the right person has watched this video and is sharing that video that they watched on our YouTube channel 10 years from now with someone to try and help them with a thing that they're facing. Right. And this is, this plays into a little bit, you know, when we talked, when we talked fourfold rubric about actually evaluating the effectiveness of a ministry, you know, that one view you had may have been a major that may have been the only reason you were you produced the video it may have been right. for that one person it doesn't matter if it was one person or you know it goes viral the reality is that you know it's the same thing we talked about within evangelism and with other church church settings is that our responsibility is not to make them to, to believe or even to to watch our responsibility is just to go out and do it and when yep. we're willing to share our stories and we're willing to listen to other people's stories it provides an opportunity for God to do even greater things than he already did in the initial story that it started with. So John, we've only got a couple minutes left here. Tell people uh, where they can find you. Talk a little bit about your book. Uh, give, a, give us some information about what, what's going on with your ministry there. Yeah. So everybody can head over to testimonyhouse.org. That's the website where you can see all the different videos and the resources that we produced over the last eight years. we got a couple books we put out. God has a sentence for your life, finding faith. These are books that I've written that sort of one details my journey through Christ to find Christ and how he gave me a plan for my life. The other is sort of a, a step-by-step guide for someone who's looking to follow in God's plan for their life. Because I, I as I noticed, so many people weren't doing it. I was like, well, I've got to sort of help write a roadmap. So we did that. We made God has a sentence for your life. And if you go to our website, you can take a little 12 question quiz. That'll sort of show you where you are in God's path for your life. You know, whether you're a new believer or you're a seasoned veteran, you're going to find, you know, yourself on that list somewhere in those questions. And so we've got all these different things that we've been creating over the years, in addition to our testimonial videos, which are evangelistic and, you know, hopefully discipleship in nature, you know, we want to be able to touch people wherever they are. Our goal at the ministry is to be able to see lives saved and see people walking God's plan for their life. So we're willing to do anything that helps people with that sort of thing. So we've also got a shop where we, you know, support us by buying a t-shirt, you know, not today, Satan, or, you know, let's talk about Jesus. You know, we got shirts over there to sort of just help fund what we're doing, but ultimately it's all about seeing God share the love of what he's done in somebody's life. And I want to, you know, before we jump off here, I mentioned, uh, you know, in my testimony, the, the Bible that my dad had given me and that, you know, this thing sat on my shelf for 20 years and God knew that I was going to give up on him, but he was going to show up 20 years later and be like, here I am for you. And so for when I think about my own testimony, it's always knowing that even in your darkest things, or no matter where you are in your journey of trying to overcome something like God is with you. Like he sat there on my shelf, patiently waiting for me to show up and open this book up. And it was, when I think about my own testimony, it's like God's perfect bookend. He's like, you gave up on me because you thought that your prayer to me was unanswered. I obviously know now that God didn't kill my dad, but he showed up in my Bible and he spoke to me for the first time through this, this book. And so I know what it's like to see God move in my own life. And we talk about the things that are important to us. And this is, you know, sort of where I would lay on the plane is that if you have a testimony to share, 
about your kids and you know, they did something great and you want to share them off. You know, you bought a new car, you know, look at my new house. I just bought, look at the things that I look at the TV show that I'm watching. You guys should watch this show with me. Don't we talk all the time, Andrew, about the things that we care about. And so when we talk about our testimonies, don't we care about what God's done in our life? Don't we care to share what the thing is that he's done for us? I mean, he's doing something for us every day. I mean, we, <laughs> you don't want to necessarily get on every day and be like, God, thank, thank you for air and breath and food and all, you know, that might get overwhelming to some people, but if God's done something in your life, share it, tell somebody, you know, it, it's more important than what TV show you're watching on TV tonight or, you know, what car you have in the driveway, but what God has done in your life can impact the life of somebody else. If you only have the courage to share it. And that actually is a good, good thing also those of you that um you know those of you that are in media ministry whether that's in your church or whether it's youtube whatever you know share the stories of the people in your congregation don't just share the the service don't just share the uh you know the event you've got going on or anything like that you've got this wealth of resources sitting in your pews or chairs or you know on the other side of zoom at the moment whatever it is share those resources that you've got you know, you've got, you've got people, you know, coming from gambling addictions, you've got people from broken marriages, you've got people from perfect marriages, you've got people from, you know, a childhood trauma, you've got people that grew up in that exact church. Share the stories of the people that are around you. Yeah. Encourage each other, encourage them, encourage yourself, encourage your church, encourage your community. Share the stories that you've got that if you have a story that you want to share, whether it's more ministry misfit minded, whether it's more testimony house minded, let us know. John, where can they contact you social media wise? Yeah, they can always find me at New John Simmons on all platforms. You find the ministry at Testimony House. Uh, You can also email us if you're ever interested in sharing a story with us. Info at TestimonyHouse.org. Awesome. Ministry Misfits wise, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Ministry Misfit because Misfits was taken and I'm still a little bitter. Um, You can find us on Facebook, Ministry Misfit Media. Um, I believe by the time we air this, the website will be up. And so you can go to the Facebook page to get the link from that because it's still not up while we're filming this. I don't even know what it is. Um, If you want to support the ministry, um, you can do that through anchor.fm. If you go to the Mystery Misfits podcast page there, or if you would rather do it and get some tax credit, you can go to csrm.org backslash donate. Click on the button, find me in the find Andrew Fouts in the drop down menu. And not only are you going to support the Mystery Misfits podcast, you're going to be also supporting the work that CSRM is doing worldwide. So, John, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your testimony. Thank you for continuing to share your testimony and the testimonies of others. And for the rest of you, we will see you all next week. Ministry Misfits Podcast is a production of Overwhelming Victory Flicks, Overwhelming Victory Radio, and Ministry Misfits Media. Dr. Greg Linville and Andrew Fouts are our executive producers, and Brandon Simmons is associate producer. Our music is provided by Morning Light Music and is titled Rain. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at ministrymisfitmedia at gmail.com or by following at Ministry Misfit on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can support Ministry Misfits at anchor.fm forward slash Ministry Misfits or for FO1C3 credit by going to csrm.org forward slash donate 
and selecting Andrew Fouts in the campaign menu. To learn more about Overwhelming Victory or to listen to our sister podcast, visit overwhelmingvictory.org.